that was the main driving force behind me creating things that were so big. That's how insecure I was. Like I, I needed the approval from people to tell me, hey, this is amazing. Hey, great job. Hey, all these things. And then you kind of get all that. And you go, what the hell was I doing all this for? Welcome, everybody, to The Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show. I'm bringing you an epic interview today. I'm sitting down with Josh Landon. So he is the founder of not only Ashland Hard Seltzer, but St. Archer Brewery, the craft beer that is massively popular. Now, he's had an incredible story of starting this beer company from scratch and having a really successful exit just a couple years in, literally setting records. So we're going to talk about where did he get the idea? How did he grow it so fast? What are his superpowers? There's a great story about when he came home and said, babe, I think I want to do this. And she's like, hey, let's go all in. You're going to love that story. It reminds us to support our partners. He's just an all-around great dude. He's been a big help in helping Lori get her alcohol brand off the ground. And so you're going to love this back and forth between Josh and I. I think the part that you're going to love the most is just how humble he is despite his massive success. And some of the things he says is going to empower you to take a risk on your big idea, realizing that you can do it too. So get ready, listen up. This is an incredible episode with Josh Landon. All right, Josh, my friend, thank you for taking the time to jump on the show. It means a lot. Thank you for having me. I'm fired up. You know, Lori uh, interviewed you earlier, obviously, uh, yep. a couple months ago, and you've been such a massive help to her in getting her new alcohol startup off the ground. I just got to give you a, a public acknowledgement for that because I know that you're busy. I know you got a lot yep. of cool things going on yourself right now. To take mm -hmm. some time out and share that knowledge with you know somebody who you don't even really know and they've got this brand mm -hmm. new startup, that means a lot. It's a sign of your character. Yeah, no, no problem. I wish somebody did it for me. You know, like, yeah. I wish, I wish there was a me around to just ask questions. You well, know, it, it, it's a big deal, especially in the alcohol world, man. A lot of questions. So, hey, listen, we're gonna, we're gonna start with uh, a round of one word answers. You get that? You get to answer in one word. Kind of sets the tone uh, and helps okay. the listeners get to know you in a hurry. So, we're gonna start real easy. Where'd you grow up? Ventura. And where do you live now? San Diego. Both good spots, man. Uh, favorite book or podcast? Favorite book, um, boy, that's a good one. Probably The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. Oh, man, that's awesome. A person yeah. who has had a positive impact on you? My wife, Janine. I love that. Where do we be without them? One thing the world needs to improve? 
getting rid of social media. <laughs> Isn't that the <laughs> truth, man? What a blessing to curse. Favorite Sorry, curse. that's more than one word, but that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, listen, man. I think a lot of people share that thought right now. A few more of these. Favorite trait in other people? Loyalty. What makes you laugh? Uh, my kids. What makes you happy? My wife and kids. One superpower you have? Drive. And then last but not least, uh, what's one word that describes you best? Complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Probably describes all of us, man. All right, let's dig yeah. into some, some deeper questions. You yeah. are a filmmaker in the, the surfer, skateboarder, uh, mm -hmm. snowboarder world. And really mm -hmm. at the core, at the heart, you were a storyteller. So how in mm -hmm. the world did you end up in the alcohol world? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just right. I had always been telling stories and I'm passionate about that. And I think I always wanted to own a brand with my friends. You know, you're, ever since I was a little kid, I th that sounded exciting. You know, you're as a kid, I'm always like, you know, let's do a t-shirts together or we let's make these hats or let's, you know, I was always in that from a from a young age. Um and that the entrepreneurial spirit come to find out was was always there. And I think my mom you know, my mom really fostered a lot of that too. My mom in a lot of ways, you know, she's had a lot of different careers. She's self-made and she instilled in me at a very young age that I could really kind of do whatever I wanted to do if I was willing to work hard and kind of like put everything I had into it. And I believed her. That's really cool. You and said, then I... I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you said no, your mom was no. uh, self-made and she kind of instilled this. She was. What, did, what did she do? What was her... She, she's from Philadelphia. So she, you know, she has that, you know, kind of, uh, blue East collar work ethic in her. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and she, you know, she, she put herself through the university of Pennsylvania. Anytime you do that, that's, that's no easy feat. And then she had, you know, she was a teacher and then she was a flight attendant and then she worked in a dentist's office. And then, and then, you know, my parents split up when I was really young and you know she had to figure something out. My mom was always really, really smart and put herself through law school, kind of like in her thirties, put herself through law school and um, late thirties and maybe early forties, and and kind of and then became a had her own practice, like was a was a really successful lawyer inside of Ventura County, and and I think. You know, my mom, I saw all that firsthand. You know, we didn't have a ton of money growing up. Like we we lived in a like a little condo and um, but my mom pulled it off. You know, she did it. Like I never, you know, she did it. And I I think I saw that and I and it, you know, looking back later on, I think it had a bigger impact on me than I maybe gave it credit for when I was young. Yeah. And then my, you know, like I said, my mom went to Penn, you know, mm -hmm. it's Ivy League, and I decided not to go to college. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases that was, that would have been like a huge point of contention in our relationship. And she supported me being a filmmaker and never really said, you know, like what the fuck is a surf film? Yeah. You know, yeah. I've never heard of it. Right. She never, she never said that, you know, between, between her and my wife and, and Janine and I have been together since high school. You know, they, they're the really the only two people that have never really questioned whether I could do something. They yeah. never have said to me, what if it doesn't work out or what if, you know, so all that being said, that was all instilled in me young. And I had no aspirations to be in the alcohol business ever, never, not until the day I thought of St. Archer, had I ever thought of doing anything in the beer business. Mm -hmm. And so it's really bizarre, right? Looking back, 
that that that's where my you know life has led me. I guess. What was that first uh, entrepreneurial journey? What was that first inclination that hey, I'm an entrepreneur. This is the route I want to go. Yeah, I mean, to be an entrepreneur, I think it was actually after Saint Archer, where I kind of realized, you know, in a lot of ways, when I sold the business to Coors, a lot of it was I wanted to see how I would feel afterwards. You know, that's a big thing for me. I, I you can say you're not motivated by the money when you don't have any money, yeah. right? You, yeah. you, when it's, it's not really an option, right? And a lot of people say that because they don't want to sound egotistical and, and all these different types of things. So I really wanted to put myself through that. And, and on the back end of it, when it was over, come to find out, it really wasn't about the money. It was about starting businesses and the disruption and the... The roller coaster—it's almost like a drug of starting and building a brand. And and I think when you have those traits in you, then you're an entrepreneur, right? That's what I yeah. I try and tell people that are going to college or whatever that it's a great it's a great place to figure out who you really are. Are you an employee? Are you a business owner? Or are you an entrepreneur? There's a big difference in all, and none of them are right or wrong. It's yep. just who you are. Yeah, you're not cut right. out to. Some people aren't cut out to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Some people no. are literally made to be an employee, and that doesn't make them any That's less right. valuable. We need no. them. We live and die by them. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like I, none of this would have ever happened for me if I didn't have some of the best employees going. Right. So, like, yeah. I'm not any better than they are. We just serve different purposes. Man, that's really cool. Okay, so you're filming really epic people doing really epic things. What is the mm-hmm. day that you said, "I know, I'm going to get in the beer mm-hmm. business." Yeah, I was in Puerto Rico and a friend of mine who was on tour, two of my friends of mine that were on tour got approached by a tequila business about investing in the company and being an ambassador for them. And um, they asked me what I thought. And I said, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. You guys are on tour. It's tequila. I just, I don't see it. It's not, it's not really fits your image. Mm-hmm. And I said, they're like, well, what do you think we should do? We don't want to do the energy drinks or soda. They're, you know, no world class athletes are drinking Red Bulls. Yeah. I don't care what they say, yeah. right? Like yeah. it, I, when you have friends who are world class athletes and they don't go anywhere near that stuff, they're not packing right? their body full of sugar no. and all that stuff. I mean, they're absolutely pro athletes. not. They're not drinking monsters. Yeah, right. Those cans are filled with water. <laughs> so I think, like you know, I said, if you don't want to do those, why don't you do beer? Like everybody drinks beer. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you have one a day or one every six months. And you guys actually drink craft beer. And really, I said that, like that, and the light bulb went off. Like, why has there never been a beer from us? Yeah. And there really wasn't. Like like one that fits that whole X Games culture or like hanging out by the beach Mm -hmm. and all that. And I think it's more like the the authentic California culture. That's everything Mm -hmm. from like skateboarding and surfing and films and photography and art and and all of the you know all of the the real side of that you know the blue collar work ethic all of that is really what makes up california it's just not so much that's what people see they're starting to see it more now but like pacifico and bud miller Coors, you know paps they were kind of taking the the watered down version which doesn't inspire anybody Mm -hmm. right and it just so happened for me that a lot of my friends were the best surfers in the world and, and best skateboarders in the world. And I was kind of through all three of the the main kind of sports in, in that kind of action sports realm and put everybody together. And it, which is kind of crazy. I didn't even know what a capital raise was. Huh. I had no idea. I didn't know. I, I said, I'm going to do St. Archer. And 
I had no idea what a raise was. I, I, and after two months, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And I went home and told my wife, we're moving to San Diego and I'm going to build St. Archer. And um, my daughter was three and a half. My oldest son was six months old. And she said, I'll find us a place to live, which, wow. which is like, you what know, an epic I, wife. What an epic partner. I mean, it, she's like, you know, you know, everybody goes, she's the best, but really, like, really, she's the best. Man. I mean, it's, uh, I was telling Lori, I'm like, you know, a lot of people's dreams die with their spouse or significant other, like male or female, yeah. right? Yep. Like a lot of, a lot, like nine times out of 10, the answer from your partner in that situation is, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. How are we going to pay the mortgage? Ki- how are we going to feed the kids? All pay- that stuff. We have two kids. We All our family and friends are here. Like, what do you mean? We grew up in Ventura. Like, why would we leave, right? Like all these, all these things. And she didn't say any of that. Man, shout not out to your wife. Not, That's yeah. cool. I hope people are listening right not now. And, and when your significant other brings you an idea, as long as it's not absolute shit, like let's yeah. take some risks together. Yeah. And I think it's like a lot of people, I think if anything, it should make people kind of like wake up a little bit, ask themselves that question. Would you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, would you really do that? Because it's easy to say you would do it when it's not an option. It's yeah. easy to say, I'll follow him or her anywhere when it's not an option. But would you really do it? And like the fact in the moment, with two kids, we had no money. And she said, yeah, let's go to somewhere new and you're going to start a career you know nothing about. It's crazy. And you're going to raise $3 million from complete strangers and you're going to build a 20,000 square foot brewery. All right, let's talk about that. So you never raised money before. You sure as hell have not been in the alcohol business. And boy, is there one thing that Lori and I have learned, the alcohol business is messed up. Like That is the toughest thing you could have chosen to, to learn. Mm-hmm. What was the first big wall that you hit? Um... You know, I think just like kind of getting familiar with how to do a capital raise. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, most people ask, how did you raise $3 million? Like, would you, you know, now I've raised almost 50 million, yeah. you know, over the last eight years or whatever. And, and, and obviously, as the success that I've had, it gets it's easier, easier, as you could imagine. Right. Um, but that first 3 million, I think just learning how to do it. And then the, the roadblocks were, I think, the one benefit I had was I had jumped into the deep end before I started. Mm. Like the the roadblock I would have run into was if I said, Hey, I'm like, I'm making films and, but I'm like trying to do this yeah. like beer business. People don't want to invest in one foot in. They don't want to hear out. that shit. Nope. They just want to hear, wait, so you're telling me this dude has two kids. He just moved to a wife to a place he doesn't know. He's like, this has to work. Yep. I got 25 grand. I'll bet on you know, that dude like, all the time, right? Yeah, so, someone I, and, where and, they don't and, have to make it work, they're not going to try as hard. And he and he's articulating this vision and the brand looks great. And I like all, you know, like all of these different things. But I think the biggest the hardest thing was I had never hired or fired people before. Mm. Right. I yeah. was a documentary filmmaker. So I'm like working by myself, except for when I was made, I made a you know a handful of music videos. That was the hardest thing, you know. Like, so I fired my head brewer, head of sales, and head of marketing, all before I launched the brand. Dang, why? Yeah. Just, just not aligned with your vision, or what? Yep, they weren't what I was looking for. That had to be scary. I want to go back to and raising that, money for a real quick sec, if you don't mind. Yeah, would you recommend raising money? Or bootstrapping, if you look back on your very first big venture. Oh boy! To everyone well, listening right now. Yeah, in my in my scenario, bootstrapping is not is impossible. Yep. Too expensive, right? Like, 
I, you, it's just like, you need to build a brewery. You know, there's obviously folks that build smaller operations than St. Archer, Mm -hmm. but my goals and aspirations were to build a big national brand, not do something in a storage unit. Right. There's, it's fine doing the storage unit. That just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to be the biggest fish in the biggest pond, which is why I didn't build St. Archer in Ventura. Yeah. I would have been the biggest fish in the little pond. I never wanted that. Yeah. I wanted to put, I want, I thrive in those pressure situations where it was either I hit a grand slam or I'm out of business in six months. Do you think part of that was who you're hanging around? So you're hanging around the best athletes in the world. And we know what it's like to be the best athlete in the world, the work ethic, Mm -hmm. the vision, you know, everything Mm -hmm. that it takes, the standard you hold yourself to. Do you think Mm -hmm. that had something to do with your success with this uh, startup at first? No. No? Wow. It didn't rub no. off on you? No, not really. I, I it's funny. I think it's like it's one of those things where it's I think it's your your drive and work ethic. And I think they can I, I don't think drive can be learned. Yeah. I think it's innately it's either it's God given. Interesting. Just like your your my personality to I have the personality that I'm able to kind of articulate my vision and lead folks to carry it out, mm-hmm. that's a God-given deal, yeah. right? That's not... And it's. I don't even say that in any sort of arrogant no, way. It's no. just that was what I was blessed with because I have plenty of deficiencies. <laughs> but like that's that's what I was blessed with. And I don't think that, that you can... You can't like teach yourself how to be that kind of motivational, like kind of visionary type. Yeah. Like that's that's a tall order. What's a deficiency that you had going into this thing that you had to figure out how to work oh, out? Oh God. And I mean, I'm the lead, I'm not organized. I'm not yeah. like I'm not the clerical day-to-day yeah. business person. And so finding I'm, and obviously I'm not a brewer. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not any of those things. You're like I'm not good at about beer. Yeah. I, I just ha- I just know how to build brands. Yeah. And then I feel like I have a good eye for people's abilities, even if they don't come from the beer business. Yep. I've hired people that have been from outside of beer and have excelled tremendously inside of all of my businesses. Being able to recognize good talent, is, a, is that's a superpower right there. That'll, yeah, it's a, that'll it, carry you a long way. Yeah, it's a skill. It, mm-hmm. it really is. And you can kind of see it in people's work ethic and personality. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's... That stuff is glaring from minute one when you meet somebody. You you kind of know who they are yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, that was that was a big deal. But I think the, all those things are my biggest. I've never run the day to day business for any of these things. Yeah. You know that if I did, we would be out of business immediately, and we would be in big big trouble. But listen, that gives really good permission though to people that have a dream and then they say, oh, you know, I'm not going to be a good CEO or I'm not be a good you know day to day operations or something like that. You just mm-hmm. got to roll with it anyways and, and make up your yep. deficiency. Don't let that be a bullshit excuse. You know what I think a lot of people do that is that is a big, big mistake? I've always taken a lot of pride in hiring the all-star staff. And like that's one of my best qualities is having the ability to acquire top talent. Yeah. I've I've been I'm good at it. And I'm and like that's one that's another thing I would say that I'm I'm really good at. But like that's me recognizing I suck at all of these things, mm-hmm. I'm going to go get the best. Because if I go get the best, then I'm the best. Yep. Right. And I'm looking to be the best at all times. 
So like, there's no ego in any of that. I just want to be the best. That's so good. That'll empower every single person listening. So from the time that you said, all right, we're cracking our first brew to uh, Mm -hmm. when you had a really successful exit. I think you sold to Coors. Is that right? Mm -hmm. 100 million in that ballpark? Yep. So what was that duration? Two years. Oh, damn. That's a record. Two years. Yeah, two years. So we'd raised about 10 million. How about nine? Yeah, nine, nine million. Over the over two years, we were one of the fastest growing craft brands in the U.S. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then I I needed ten million more dollars to kind of keep going. We were going to expand states, and and then you know we we got an offer, and and then it just I was like, wow, it, it, we could actually sell this business, and so I put together a film and a deck and send it out to five different brands that I would have been comfortable selling the business to. And Back to that storytelling, right? Leveraging yep, your strengths. Yep. Yep. And Coors wound up winning. Damn, and, that's awesome. Um, and I, I was comfortable in those negotiations and, and um, it was a great learning experience. And um, then I wound up staying at Coors about 18 months. Okay. They wrapped yeah. it up there. So question, you realize this is coming true. I know due diligence is, is, can be pretty brutal, but you're going through due diligence mm-hmm. You realize this thing's really going to wrap up. You go home, you mm-hmm. tell your wife, "Babe, I think Coors is going to buy us for a hundred million bucks." What the hell does that feel like? What was that moment like for you and for her? Who just a couple of years earlier she was like, "All right, babe, we'll figure it out. Let's go." Right? Yeah. For me, you know, it, this is an interest. This is going to be an interesting answer for for me. I felt nothing. Yeah. Which was kind of surprising. Just like check you off know, the like, list. Of course, I did it, or what? Yeah, I wasn't even really like proud of myself. Weird. You know, which is which is a big like problem, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a that's a place you want to be, right? I didn't feel anything. Like I saw the wire going to my account. You know, a lot of people are, wouldn't. You know, did you buy a Bentley? Did you buy a new house? Did you like go? I didn't do anything. And Janine. She's never been motivated by money. Yeah. She's always been motivated by me being home more. And that's all she's really ever wanted from me is to be home more and be present more. And, you know, like when I buy her a new car or whatever, she doesn't even know what car she's driving for the first year. That's the kind of person she is. I have to tell her, honey, that's awesome. this is what it is. Right. That's awesome. um, and so for her, she was like, I'm so proud of you. Right. Like I'm proud of you and I'm happy for you. And but materially, you know, she's never that's never really been a factor for her. Yeah. Which I'm blessed because I, I see what else is out there and I, I don't think I could ever deal with that. You know, we we both didn't come from that. We came from a blue collar, middle class, working class community, you know. So we didn't grow up, none of our friends had money. We didn't have money. We so that's never left us even through this, you know, big financial change in our lives. Like we're we're still the same people. That's really cool. Um, but I think, you know, it it wasn't until later. It wasn't until Ashland did I did actually um, have a moment of being proud of myself in the most random way. Why you know, do you th- why do you think that is? Why why are you missing that component of celebrating and being proud of yourself? Yeah, I think insecurity. I think there's insecurity. Yeah, I think nobody would nobody would ever say that about you. You know, right? No, that's just you know that's a lot of people that do these things aren't totally honest, Mm -hmm. which is why I've never really gravitated towards listening to podcasts or, you know, I don't even really read a whole heck of a lot anymore because a lot of it is 
it's pretty on the surface and bullshit. Polished up, yep. Yeah, it's just like that's why Instagram's bullshit. Yeah. Right? Like it's um the real story is like I did a lot of this for approval um that I had never gotten as I when I was younger. And so like that was the main driving force behind me creating things that were so big. That's how insecure I was. Like I I needed the approval from people to tell me, hey, this is amazing. Hey, great job. Hey, all these things. And then you kind of get all that and you go, what the hell was I doing all this for? And so, you know, once I kind of like came, you have to kind of come around to that and and really the insecurity and all the different things never go away until you're content with yourself. Yeah. And I and I I didn't get there for you know until like a year ago. Wow. How'd you how'd you finally get there? Yeah, it was a random deal. I I was um like I said, my mom grew up in Philadelphia. Um I'm a huge Philadelphia sports fan. Huge. Your right? your Eagles need a little bit of cleaning up. Yeah, well, we just got rid of Carson today. So Oh, you guys dealt Carson. him today? Yeah. Dang, Bears or Col- who? Colts. Whoa. Go Colts. Yep. Yep. So it was a big so that was a today's a big day. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm lifelong Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. Um, and I'm flying in and an investor in Ashland is Howie Roseman, who's the president GM of the Eagles. And I'm flying into Philly. And like I'd done with my mom since I was four years old, you know, we I'd, we'd fly in, I'd look at the vet when it was the vet and I'd go, we're going to the Eagles game. I'd be so excited. And looking down on the stadium out the window and and then I'm flying in you know a year ago and I'm 40 years old and I'm like I'm flying into Philadelphia looking at Lincoln Financial and I'm coming here to have dinner with Howie Roseman the president and GM cuz he's an investor in my business Dang. you did it full circle moment it. right there you did it I have yeah chills. And, that's a, that's insane yeah, you did it. And so it was no money. It was no, I didn't like when I got my how, I didn't, none of that. It was in that moment on an airplane. And I went, You're good, man. Josh, that's You're cool. Good. You hell. did it. That's cool. Yeah, as hell. So hey, I'm curious what it, mom say. You, mom, selling my company, 100 million bucks. Yeah, what mom, mom say? My mom, my mom just, she, she just, she can't even believe it. Like mm. she, you know, it's, it's pretty good. It's a, it's a good deal. And, and then I think, you know, doing it, you know, for me, I'm competitive. So doing it with St. Archer, you know, a lot of folks go, well, you got lucky. I mean, fuck anybody can yeah. get lucky. And I knew it wasn't luck, right? Um, so like to have the success I've had with Ashland, mm-hmm. you do it twice. Yeah. That shuts everybody up. Yeah. Right. And so um, that's been nice. Let's talk like, about I'm, that. So yeah. you know, your your wife was like, "Hey, I I just want you to come home." So you got 100 right. million bucks. You're like, "Hey, I can stay home." And you say, "Ah, eh, never mind. I'm gonna start Ashland Seltzer now." Yeah, and in between that, I started three more businesses. Oh, geez. Right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I I started Villager. I started Scout Distributing with with my friends Jeff and Anthony, and we started Harlan Brewing as well. Oh, wow. And then one Scout's an alcohol distributor. Uh, Harlan is obviously a craft beer here in San Diego. And then um, I had the idea for Ashland. And I'm like, you know, it was really born out of, you know, Jeff and I talking about, you know, we really need a hard seltzer to distribute. Yeah. And we didn't really see any that were worth a damn. And I said, I'll just create one myself. That's awesome. And I kind of broke off from them and um, they run those businesses, Harlan and Scout. And and I was like, I'm going to do Ashland. 
and just jumped into the deep end again. And, and it, it's been like nothing I've ever seen before, ever. I mean, it's on fire. How can, I'll let you quantify for us. From the time you started it yeah. to now, how long has that been? Almost a year. Okay, almost, not even a freaking year. And yeah, quantify it for us. Where, what stage is the company in right now, Ashland? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, so the best way to put it is, you know, St. Archer was a record-breaking growth, mm-hmm. right? You know, we were selling, you know, probably about thirty to 40,000 cases a month statewide California, right? Two years in. That's like the pinnacle of St. Archer. Ashland sells almost double that inside of a year in just San Diego County. Dang, that's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. You own that county, you own it well. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know, San Diego has kind of adopted us as as their hard seltzer. And um, we've had a lot of success here. It's been... I've never seen anything like Ashland, right? It, even if I wasn't a part of it, I would be going, yeah. this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's, I'm like, how are people even drinking this? And what are you showering in it? Like, what is happening? <laughs> that you know, is so I, cool. It's, uh, it's been a tremendous deal, for sure. What's the flavor we need to try if, if we get to San Diego? My favorite is the blackberry lemonade. All right. All right. Yeah, we have a new ginger peach flavor. Well, that sounds good. That's really good too. Yeah. Quite, I've noticed- so it... I was going to say, I noticed when you raise yeah. money, like for Ashland, mm-hmm. I, I was looking at the roster of investors. I know a handful of them. Mm-hmm. It seems like you really raise strategic money instead Definitely. of just any old investor. Talk to us about that right. for a minute. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with you know being in a very blessed situation of being able to be picky, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas with St. Archer, which is what you know most folks can relate to, I was literally taking 10 grand from anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. Dude on the street, tap me on the shoulder and like my t-shirt. I'd be like, dude, you got 10 grand? Like, <laughs> like you want to, you want some saying, you know what I mean? Uh, um, now though, when you have as much success as I've had, I can like cherry pick the folks that, that I think will move the needle. And, and it might not be like a celebrity, yeah. right? Even like investors locally here that, you know, grew up in the San Diego area. And, you know, like a perfect example, there's a there's a gal and her husband, Annika Mead and Jordan Mead. Annika is like the mayor of North County, San Diego, right? And her and her husband are investors. Cool. And I, I could argue that that Annika has done just as much for the brand as Cody Bellinger. That's cool. Right? Like, so I think it's it's n- being able to like go to people now and go, hey. I really want you to be a part of this one instead of like, hey, please give me $5,000. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a, it's a, it's a different, different scenario. Now, and then on the celebrity end, it's a lot of it is like, who do I want to talk to? Yeah. There's been plenty of folks that I've went and had lunch with and I went, nah. Yep. Because you, I I mean, you're talk. in the trenches. You got their money. You're kind of in the trenches. Yeah. You don't want to be around well, people you don't love. I got to talk to you all the time? Yeah. Now you're, no. you're annoying as hell. Yeah. That's like, not worth I'm it. Not, whether it's a no, business partner, it, whether it's an employee, whether it's an investor, that is not worth it. Yeah, it's just not. If you can be selective, then why would you do that to yourself? I don't care how famous they are. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even, it's not worth it. And yeah, cool. and if I've learned anything, not one of them has like, moved the moves needle, the needle like, for the business. It, people, the, the mistake they make with some of these, with these guys and gals is, Especially like the social media influencers, mm-hmm. right? Which you guys know a ton about, right? Like like Lauren Bostick, yep. who I love. I love her and Michael. They're a perfect example. I think a lot of people hit them up and go, hey, Lauren, 
we want you to like be the focal point of this new business, mm-hmm. right? But Lauren, who is amazing, but she's not going to build your business no. for you. She's not going right? to post like, and all of a sudden you're off to the no, races. And, and that's not the way it works, nope. right? So when I go to Lauren and Michael and go, guys, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have, I'm going to get it everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we do. I mean, I own my own distributorship, yeah, right? Brilliant. I We're going to have it everywhere. We know every retailer from Costco to Target to Whole Foods to your local liquor store, right? So I'll have it everywhere. All I have, all you have to do is be the cherry on top. Just That's all you need to be. Push it through. And she goes, I can do that, That's right? Cool. They don't have to worry about anything else. I'm not reliant on you to sell it. I'm reliant on you to talk about it. That's cool. That's cool. And I think that's most folks don't approach her that way. No. And, you know, Lauren can talk about it. She has this huge megaphone, right? Mm -hmm. But she can't, you know, people can't buy it. Well, then Lauren Bostick's no good. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because their audience is very nationwide, right? It's huge. Well, well, even like Southern California, right? If you if you listen to or like, let's say I'm in Arizona, I'm like, hey, Lori, I want you to talk about Ashland, blah, 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 blah. And, and so she does, mm-hmm. right? And she goes, I love it. It's my favorite hard seltzer. I love Josh and blah, 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 blah. And then people go, well, I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. Well, then that was a waste. It was a big waste. Yep. Yeah. It was like, that was, so unless I create the foundation, having them is pointless. But I think a lot of people go to them first. They do. And they give them equity, like right. tons. They're like, here, I'll give you yeah, like, 500,000 shares. Like, yeah, and you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and like, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not giving them that much. Yep. Right. And they're all investing. Mm-hmm. So they have skin right? in the so game. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, you're putting money in. Yep. Right. So like, they're, you know, and that's, that's a different place to be, right? Like when I did the St. Archer model, people were like, let me get this straight. You have the celebrities give you money and then they promote it for free. Wow. What a model. Yep. Right. But because then they got skin in the game, man. It makes sense. Yeah. And then you just made a ton of money on an exit. And if you do what I'm telling you to do, we're going to get it there. Yeah. Dude, I love that. So what's next for you? You're going to just take Ashland right off in the sunset? What's after that? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple more projects. um, But I, I, you know, I think the projects, be more on my wife's side. Sure. You know, you know, Janine has stuff that she wants to do and Ashlyn, I'm done, man. Yeah. I'm done. That's it. Like I I did it. I've done it. I, I don't have another startup in me to be honest with you. Yeah. I, yeah. I I'm just like I'm content just kind of doing this and building a company on a national scale with my friends and I work with my best friends every day. And, and Janine, you know, she has stuff she wants to do and it's time for me to go, all right, let's, let's focus on getting the stuff, some of the stuff that you want to do off the ground. And yeah, I, I think that. I'll find probably more enjoyment in that than having my own success. Now, I've, I've had enough of that. I'm, I guarantee you I'm, will. I, there's something so awesome about supporting your partner and helping them get for that sure. Out there. So where for can we sure. follow She's you? In spades. Where can we follow you? Where should we find you? Ashlyn Hard Seltzer is the Instagram. All right. Ashland yeah. Hard Seltzer. Everyone go check it out. Last question for you. Our show's yes. tagline is when good people make good money, they do great things, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. it's supporting a charity in a big way. Sometimes it's creating mm-hmm. epic jobs for people. Sometimes it might be like retiring a parent or something. What's one mm-hmm. epic thing you were able to do once you had success? I think bring my friends along for the ride that like my closest friends work here at Ashland and they're, they're owners in the company and, so cool. and they support their families from it. And um, we've done a lot of great things for our, for our closest friends and family. And 
I think that's been the biggest thing is like creating things for my head that's actually providing for for folks and their kids. And that's pretty odd. It doesn't get much better than that. I agree with you, man. Josh, thank you so much for your time. Massively valuable. Uh, All the information you shared, you're going to empower other people to follow their dreams. But just one more heartfelt thank you for supporting Lori also in her journey, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime, anytime. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success. 